Before we begin this particular episode of the podcast, I do have to warn this la- this particular episode will have language in it, as we'll be talking about the controversy surrounding Dave Chappelle and his latest uh, latest show, latest uh, comedy special that he did for Netflix called The Closer. Uh, there will be some direct quotes from that show, as well as direct quotes from the response that he did, which is a short five, six minute response that he did called Stunned Am I Cancelled? So those will both be referenced in here. Uh, We'll be using audio clips for this particular episode from those particular pieces. So because of that, I do want to put the warning out here at the very beginning that there may be some things that are triggering in the course of this particular episode. So I just want to let you know that up front. And if you don't listen to this episode, I fully understand. There will be talk and conversation concerning transphobia as well as transgender rights and different things like that. So I just want to let you know that ahead of time before we start the episode. So thank you so much for continuing to listen to conversations about dot, dot, dot. And above all else, as always, the goal for this show, whether it's geeky, whether it's real life stuff, is to have a conversation about it and to be able to discuss it and come, you know, as, as I've always said in the past, we may not always agree, but at the end of the day, my hope is that we can talk about it and talk about it peacefully like adults should be able to. So with that said, we're going to get this show started. Continue. Please hope, please, I hope that you enjoy this episode of Conversation is about dot, dot, dot. Hey guys, this is a solo episode of Conversation is about dot, dot, dot. And uh, if you listened to the intro, uh, this might get heavy. So put that out there now. Uh, Jingles and Smiter are on assignment. And so I just wanted to kind of do something a little bit different today. Since that's the case, I was going to make a reference. I was going to actually, you know, talk about a Pixar short called Nana. Uh, But then I've been really thinking about this a lot lately. And I had a bit of an opportunity to do a little bit of dialogue with some people concerning this special. And so, as well as kind of the response to it. And so I really wanted to kind of talk about the Dave Chappelle controversy that's been going on. So for those who don't know, uh, near the end of the month of September, uh, we got the final Dave Chappelle comedy special for Netflix. Because of course he had a contract with Netflix. He did X amount of shows. And this is the last one, and the title of it, appropriately enough, was Dave Chappelle, The Closer. Which, you know, if you've ever been around comedy or listened to a bunch of comedy, normally the way it works is, is that if you have an opener for someone, you have an opener, you have the people in the middle, in some cases, if you have multiple comedians, and then you have The Closer. The Closer is supposed to be the guy who tells the funniest jokes, he's the best at it, and he's the, the main reason you're there. And so a lot of times what'll happen is they'll have a bunch of other acts that come on before the closer. And so I liked how he kind of titled that being the last because as of this point, we don't know if Netflix is going to re-sign him for new comedy shows, comedy specials. So this is why this would be called the closer. Could be more apt, I think, that he realizes. But anyway... 
So before I get into my thoughts about it, I really want, and I'll say this much, the controversy primarily was on two points. The first point has to do with the fact that he basically comes out at one point talking about J.K. Rowling and how J.K. Rowling defines gender and states that, you know, J.K. Rowling states, states, of course, that gender is a fact. It's not subjective. It's a fact. You know, you are either born male or born female. And Chappelle agrees with that point. And so there are a lot of people that are out there that would be like, no, gender is not a fact. Gender is not based on what you're born with, you know. And I know there's more I'm learning about the idea of being transgender. So I'm not going to lie as I'm an expert on it. Uh, As a matter of fact, at some point, probably in this episode, I will go over some Facebook posts and that I was able to interact with some people and bring that into it as well, because that way you kind of get the idea of people's thought processes as it relates to this. So anyway, the other thing was talking about his different takes on trans people and different things like that. And so he had a lot to say about the trans community. Now, the funny thing about it was, I think two points got missed. Um, the first point he makes during the course of the the, uh, ep- the, the special is, is that he feels like it's interesting that with the uh, LGBTQ community as well as the trans community, which is part of that community, um, that if, if somebody from that community says, you know, we're being oppressed, people tend to believe them a lot quicker than they would black people. And he makes that point a couple of different times during the course of the special. And then the other point is near the very end of the special. He talks about a friend of his who is transgender named Daphne. And so before I do anything else, I really want to let that audio play. So I'm going to let that audio play. It's about four or five minutes long. You're not going to hear me say anything during it. I'm not going to do what he says where, you know, sometimes it gets annoying when you're listening to something and then people keep clipping in and out. So I want to just let you hear what he has to say, because that's the piece of the puzzle that I don't feel like people are really talking about. Like people keep talking about, oh, he talked about trans people and this is the way this was. And I'm going, but if you hear what he's saying throughout the whole special, it's not just that simple. It's really not. He actually talks more about the idea of the fact that, you know, people like the baby, you know, um, shot and killed a man and yet people still listen to his music people still support him but you know he you know because he did the other show before that's on Netflix of course he had several Netflix specials and in the last special prior to this one you know a bunch of people were like he's transphobic you know automatically because of things he said as a comedian so I want that audio play and then we'll come back and talk about it after that Before I go, I want to share this story with you because it's important to this point. I want your community to know that one of the coolest people I ever met was a transgender woman. And this is not a man that I knew that became a woman. This woman was trans when I met her. Lived in San Francisco. Daphne Dwarman is her name. I would do 18 shows in the Bay Area, sometimes in Oakland and Dirty Hood nightclub, and she would be there, a white trans woman, laughing loud and hard at everything I said, especially the trans jokes. It's very puzzling. 
because she was obviously trans. And one night after one of the shows, I met her. And what it was, turns out, it was her dream to be a comedian. And I was her hero. It's very moving. I could not dislike somebody that felt that way about me. We became fast friends. And when I made that special Sticks and Stones, right as it was coming out, I happened to be in San Francisco and I wanted to do a show, but I needed an opening act. And I remembered that trans woman I had met. So I called her on the phone. And, and I called her myself. I said, hey, Daphne, this is Dave Chappelle. She couldn't believe it. And I go, I'm in San Francisco. And then she started saying a bunch of wild stuff. I was like, relax now. I don't, I don't want any pussy. I was um. <laughs> I was calling because I'm doing a show and I, I need an opening act. And I was wondering if you'd open the show. And she was like, fuck yeah. Now, I didn't know this at the time, but, but this woman had only done stand-up comedy eight times in her life. This is little to no experience. And, and now she's about to open a show for, for what many call the GOAT. She's an amateur in stature, but in practice, she was very professional. She showed up early, which is something I appreciate, because I like people to be on time. She was dressed to the motherfucking nines. I mean, I'm transphobic, and even I was like, you look nice. <laughs> Went up on the stage with all the swag of a professional comedian, grabbed that mic and walked right down the middle and looked at the crowd like a gangster. Man, you should have seen her work. Spitch bomb for 45 minutes straight. <laughs> and I am not exaggerating, young man. That show was terrible. <laughs> Stunk. Stunk. And then she brings me on and, you know, you know, I was like a glass of water after a handful of salt. The crowd was happy to see me. I was killing it. But here's what impressed me. Any other comedian I've ever seen, if they had bombed as bad as she did, would have snuck out of the back of the theater and went home and cried or something. And she didn't do that. Not only did she not leave, she found a seat right up in front. You know, when a new comedian watches an experienced comedian in comedy, we call this taking class. And this bitch took my whole class. She sat up there and was laughing as hard as she always laughs, as if nothing bad had even happened to her. And I saw her show. Some bad happened to her. <laughs> she was drunk. So she starts talking to me while I'm on stage. But the way a person would talk to a television when they were alone, she's talking to me like that. That didn't bother me because I knew her. But the crowd didn't like that shit at all because she sucked. <laughs> and a guy in the back of the room stood up. And Daphne's hair was dyed blonde at the time, and the guy screamed out, and his energy felt wild as fuck. He said, hey, Daphne! And everybody kind of clamped, like, got tense. We didn't know if it was a heckler or an active shooter. And <laughs> he said, he said, does the carpet match the drapes? <laughs> yeah, it was fucked up. The whole crowd kind of groaned, because it was so, like, mean. Yeah. Everybody groaned, except for Daphne. She kind of laughed, which was weird. And she didn't even look all the way back. She said, sir, I don't have carpets. 
I have hardwood floors. Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. And boy, when she said that shit, it blew the roof off the place. <laughs> Cut through all the tension with that one joke she made up for 45 minutes of a stinker of a show. <laughs> and after that, she could do no wrong. And I kept on rocking. She kept on talking to me. And then the show became something cooler than a show. She became like a conversation between a black man and a white trans woman, and we started getting to the bombership. All them questions that you think about that you'd be afraid to ask, I was just asking them, and she was answering them, and her answers were funny as shit. The crowd was falling out of their chairs. And, and, and at the end of the show, I go, oh, Daphne, I said, well, that was fun. I go, I go, I love you to death, but I, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. The whole crowd laughed, except for Daphne. Now she looks at me like I'm not her friend anymore. Like I'm something bigger than me. Like I'm the whole world and the guy. And she said, I don't need you to understand me. I said, what? She said, I just need you to believe. Just like this, she goes, that I'm having a human experience. And when she said it, the whole crowd kind of gasped. And I gave her the Fight Club look. <laughs> I said, I believe you, bitch because she didn't say anything about pronouns. She didn't say anything about me being in trouble. She said, just believe I'm a person and I'm going through it. And oh, I believe you because it takes one to know one. Then I told the crowd good night, and they start going crazy. And before the applause gets to its crescendo, I say, and don't forget my opening act, Daphne. And the crowd stood up. And I looked at her, and tears came out of her eyes. She couldn't believe it was happening. I couldn't believe it was happening, because her show stunk. <laughs> and it was a great night. I remember the late, great Paul Mooney was there, a bunch of fly-ass comedy niggas was there. And we all went backstage and was just drinking and talking shit and laughing, and Daphne stole the room. She had everyone cracking up, spinning the yarn, telling us all these crazy stories about shit she'd be into. We all laughing real hard, and as she's telling us, and everyone's laughing, I'm looking around, I'm like, oh my God, she is funny. I pulled her aside and I said, you are hilarious. I didn't know that when you were on stage. <laughs> I said, you're doing some things wrong, but I can help you. I said, anytime I'm in San Francisco, why don't you open the show for me, and I'll just try to give you some pointers, see if you can't work this thing out. And she said, are you serious? I was like, yeah. And she grabbed me real tight, hugged me, squeezed me, and, and I pushed her off violently, because I'm transphobic. <laughs> I said, boundaries, bitch. When Sticks and Stones came out, a lot of people in the trans community were furious with me, and apparently they dragged me on Twitter. I don't give a fuck, because Twitter's not a real place. <laughs> and the hardest thing for a person to do is go against their tribe if they disagree with their tribe, but Daphne did that for me. She wrote a tweet that was very beautiful, and what she said was, and it's almost exactly what she said, 
She said, punching down on someone requires you to think less of them. And I know him, and he doesn't. He doesn't punch up, he doesn't punch down, he punches lines, and he's a master at his craft. That's what she said. Beautiful tweet, beautiful friend. It took a lot of heart to defend me like that. And when she did that, the trans community dragged that bitch all over Twitter. <laughs> For days, they was going in on her, and she was holding her own, because she's funny. But six days after that wonderful night I described to you, my friend Daphne killed herself. Oh, yeah. It's a true story. My heart was broken. Yeah, it wasn't the jokes. I don't know if it was them dragging her. I don't know what's going on in her life, but I bet dragging her didn't help. I was very angry at them. I was very angry at her. I felt like Daphne lied to me. She always says she identified as a woman, and then one day she goes up to the roof of a building and jumps off and kills herself. Clearly, only a man would do some gangster shit like that. <laughs> Hear me out. As hard as it is to hear a joke like that, I'm telling you right now, Daphne would have loved that joke. That's why she was my friend. <laughs> I was reading her obituary, and I found out she was survived by a daughter. Uh, and the moment I found that out, and this is true, Anderson Cooper from CNN texted me. And all he said was very nice. He said, I'm sorry to hear about your friend. And, and, and I texted him right back, uh, new phone, who this? <laughs> he said, it's Anderson Cooper. I said, oh, I said, Anderson. I go, look, I need to find her family. And, and he texted me right back with all the phone numbers and all this information. I say this to say, if you ever want to know about anything gay, call Anderson Cooper from CNN. <laughs> This nigga is faster than Google. <laughs> and what I did is I got in touch with the family and I started a trust fund for her daughter because I know that's all she ever really cared about. <laughs> and I don't know what the trans community did for her, but I don't care because I feel like she wasn't their tribe. She was mine. She was a comedian in her soul. <laughs> her daughter is very young, but I hope to be alive when she turns 21, because I'm going to give her this money myself. And by then, by then, I'll be ready to have the conversation that I'm not ready to have today. But I'll tell that little girl, young lady, I knew your father. And he was a wonderful woman. <laughs> Empathy is not gay. Empathy is not black. Empathy is bisexual. <laughs> it must go both ways. It must go both ways. Remember, taking a man's livelihood 
is akin to killing him. I'm begging you, please do not abort the baby. <laughs> Kevin Hart dreamt his entire life of hosting the Oscars, and when he finally got the job, they just took it. It's not fair. They didn't kill him. Kevin's a strong guy. But I'm sure it broke old Clifford's heart. <laughs> it's over. LBGTQ, LMNOPQYZ, it is over. <laughs> I am not telling another joke about you until we are both sure that we are laughing together. I'm telling you, this is done. I'm done talking about it. All I ask from your community, with all humility, will you please stop punching down on my people? Thank you very much, and good night. All right, and we're back. So now that you got a chance to hear the audio, this is how he ended the closer. He talked about this friend of his who... It's interesting because the way he talks about her is he talks about the fact that she was, you know, she was opening for him, you know, at this show and she didn't do so well. She bombed, to quote him. But it was the fact that later, even as um, she was watching him perform later, and there was this conversation and all these different things happened. The thing that struck me the most about this conversation that he was having with the audience and really the watcher of the special is, is that the idea that when Daphne looks at him and says, I don't need you to understand me. I just need you to understand that I'm having a human experience. And it's really interesting because, of course, you know, later on he talks about how, because when he has the last special, how the transgender community came after him. And then when she came out as a transgender woman and said, hey, this dude isn't transphobic and basically said a bunch of stuff trying to defend him. She got bullied by the very people that she, by the very group she was a part of. And so he did say that while it's not 100% confirmed that she killed herself due to the being shunned by the LBGTQ community, nobody's talking about that side of it. Nobody's talking about the fact that, hey, this friend of mine who was trans got bullied to the point where she took her life. And it's possible that the bullying is what pushed her over. You know, again, because when it comes to suicide, you don't know what causes that. You don't know what causes a person to make that decision. And, and so since we don't know what causes people to make that decision, then you can't speculate on it really. I mean, but the, the, the bullying probably didn't help. That's for certain. But nobody's really talking about that. Nobody's really talking about the friend. I know I heard one commentator talk about it and say, oh, well, it felt like he brought up this trans friend in the same way that some people, some white people will say, well, I have a black friend. You know, difference being is that he actually was able to tell stories about her. He was actually able to talk about how anytime he was in San Francisco, um, he would have her open for him and he would sit down and work with her on her comedy. 
you know, and, you know, whether you love Dave Chappelle or you hate him, he's one of the best comedians currently out there right now. He just is. That's just reality. Stats back that up. That's not a matter of my opinion on the matter. That's a matter of the comedian, the world of comedy itself will tell you he's one of the best out there. A lot of comedians, a lot of Hollywood celebrities and stuff like that have come out and said, look, man, the dude was doing comedy, you know. And I can understand where people on the other side are going, hey, he says a lot of hurtful things. And you got to deal with that because there are people on the other side of this that have been bullied, have been picked on. And sometimes with comedians, if they're out there saying a bunch of negative stuff about people, it can be harmful to them as well. And I get that too. But the thing I don't think people are talking about is this woman who took her life because she got bullied by the same group of people that she's a part of. Just because she did, she made a decision to defend someone who took time and invested in her world, even though he's considered transphobic by a lot of people. So going out of that, and again, you know, I want to hear your thoughts on it. I do. I want to. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to. I want to really get a chance to hit, pick your brains. I want to see where people are at. I want to dialogue with people uh, because there's a lot going on in that realm still. Because this controversy, like I said, it's it came out near the end of September and it's now the end of uh, almost the end of October, and people are still talking about it. So obviously. This ain't going away anytime soon. Uh, Netflix did a uh, walkout. There was a group of transgender, LBGTQ um, people that worked at Netflix. They did a walkout. Uh, they then came out and said, hey, we invited Dave Chappelle to come have a dialogue with us. He refused to come. Now, problem with that is he responded to that. He really hadn't responded a whole lot to a lot of this stuff that's coming out, you know, as far as the walkout, as far as, uh, I believe there was one woman who leaked confidential information out on the special to people because she was upset about what had happened. And so not only that, but she, of course, she was pregnant as well and she got let go. And of course, everybody was like, oh, they let her go because she was uh, LBGT, she was pregnant. And it was like, no, we let her go because she leaked uh, private information concerning our uh, resources and our money and stuff about this special. And that's not something the general public should have access to. You know, if you're a private company, you have the right to protect your information. So, and again, people are going to think how they think about that and choose to think how they think that's fair. So, you know, some people may say, well, you know, it, it, you know, it didn't have to do with the information. I'm like, well, if I work for an employer and I, you know, I know like going through job orientations, multiple jo different jobs at different times of my life, you know, they've told us like, you have to be careful what you post about the job. It's all on social media because you can't accidentally end up putting something out there that you may know about that other people don't because that can get us in trouble if we find, if they, if it's found out that you put this out there working for us. So, I mean, just the idea of that, and then you figure this person intentionally leaked information out there, financial information, about a comedy special to the masses. That's not cool at all. So, that's a pretty interesting situation. Well, as I record this, Dave Chappelle put out a response called, Stunted, Am I Canceled? And so, I'm going to play the audio from that 
as well so that, that way you can hear that audio because he he comes out and pretty much says his response to all this and so I want you to hear it and then you know as you're listening to it I'm gonna ask one thing and I'm gonna ask something that people have asked me in the past if you're listening to it I'm asking that you listen to it not with emotion not with any uh, preconceived stuff coming in listen to it as it is and then make your decision so I will play that clip and then we'll come back and I'll talk about that it's been said in the press that I was invited to speak to the transgender employees at Netflix, and I refuse. That is not true. If they had invited me, I would have accepted it, although I am confused about what we are speaking about. I said what I said, and boy, I heard what you said. My God, how could I not? You said you want a safe working environment at Netflix. Well, it seems like I'm the only one that can't go to the office anymore. I want everyone in this audience to know that it, even though the media frames this, that it's me versus that community, that it's not what it is. Do not blame the LBGTQ community for any of this shit. This has nothing to do with them. It's about corporate interests and what I can say and what I cannot say. For the record, and I need you to know this, everyone I know from that community has been nothing but loving and supporting. So I don't know what all this nonsense is about. In summer 2020, when the whole world shut down, I was outside doing shows. My neighbor had a cornfield and he let me throw shows there and people came from all over the country. Some people came from around the world to see those shows. The best comedians on earth came to my home and broke bread with me. And we lived our lives, we found a way to keep moving forward. I made a whole documentary about it. The first night of those shows was a piece that some of you might have seen. It was called 846, and it dealt with the death, the murder of George Floyd. This film that I made was invited to every film festival in the United States, and some of those invitations I accepted. And when this controversy came out about the closer. They began disinviting me from these film festivals. And now, today, not a film company, not a movie studio, not a film festival, nobody will touch this film. Thank God for Ted Sarandos at Netflix. He's the only one that didn't cancel me yet. To the transgender community, I am more than willing to give you an audience, but you will not summon me. 
I am not bending to anybody's demands. And if you want to meet with me, I'd be more than willing to, but I have some conditions. <laughs> First of all, you cannot come if you have not watched my special from beginning to end. You must come to a place of my choosing and a time of my choosing. And thirdly, you must admit that Hannah Gatsby is not funny. I desperately want people to see this movie. But I understand why investors would be nervous. Since nobody will touch it, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will make it available for all of you in 10 American cities going on sale in the next few days. You will be able to see this movie in its entirety. And you can see what they're trying to obstruct you from seeing. And you can judge for yourself. But you cannot have this conversation and exclude my voice from it. That is only fair. You have to answer the question, am I canceled or not? Then let's go. Thank you very much and good night. And that was uh, Stunted Am I Cancelled by Dave Chappelle. That was a response that he had. First of all, basically said that uh, nobody called him and asked him to come in and talk to him. Um, because uh, had they, he would have accepted, but he was trying to still figure out what they would have been talking about. And so I thought that was interesting that he came out and pretty much said, no, that didn't happen. Um, because it's funny because like Netflix main representatives didn't come out and say like, yeah, these people reached out. It was the people that were at the protest that came out and said, hey, we asked Dave Chappelle to come talk to us, but he said no. So he is saying that didn't happen. So one camp is not telling the truth. I don't know who that camp is. Hopefully we'll find out some point, you know, um, which camp is being honest because you can't, both part camps can't be telling the truth. Because one camp says, we asked, we talked to this guy, but he said, no, he's not coming. And then the other camp says, no one ever asked me to come. Uh, then that's there. So uh, I, I'm glad he approached that right off the bat. But then he also came back and said, it's really not about the LBGTQ community for him. As much as it's a corporate company that's basically coming out and saying what he can and can't talk about. Which, that's interesting, too, because if you say, okay, well, he's transphobic and he hates trans people, why would he simplify it to corporations? Y you, would, you would think he would continue down this road of the transgender community hates me, even though I don't hate it. Um, but again, I think a lot of the people, and, and he does mention Twitter. He doesn't have any nice words to say about Twitter, as you heard. Um, but a lot of people... Even people I talk to never watched the special. They've just responded to what 
social media has said about it. And so because they're responding to what's said about it, what I asked, because there was one person in particular I asked, I said, well, hey, have you seen the special? You know, he talked about his friend, Danielle, and how he was, she was bullied after defending him. Did you hear that story? And they were like, no, you know, I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> and so, which is funny too, because that's one of the things he said was a condition of him wanting to come and meet with these people from Netflix, the, the, the transgender workers that worked for Netflix. He said, first of all, I want you to have uh, seen the whole special from beginning to end. Uh, and then I believe he had another thing there. He said it would, he would want to meet at a, at a, at a location of his choosing. And then the third, uh, there's a comedian that apparently was brought into this that he's, she's, I believe she's either gay, lesbian, or transgender. I don't know the comedian, but, uh, she, he basically said, y'all need to admit that this person is not funny, which I know there was an issue because, uh, Netflix came out and said, Hey, look, we're welcoming of all people comedians. We have this person. And so they, they basically came out and said, look, don't bring me into your mess. You need to clean this up type thing. So... You know, uh, I think her last name is Glasser or, or Glacier or something like that. I'll have to look it up. Uh, but anyway, so that's something that happened as well during the course of that re response he made, which is, you know, the thing I thought was interesting about it is when he is talking about the documentary he did. Um, and part of it was released on, I think it's on YouTube was released it was eight uh 843 i believe 849 it was uh, basically talking about the death of george floyd it was eight minutes 49 seconds that george floyd was being held and he came out with that special a while back and that was when he was doing near his home there's a lady that has, has a there's neighbors that have a farm so he set up a thing especially during covid where he, he was able to do comedy shows. He was able to bring in his friends. I think Chris Rock showed up. A bunch of celebrity comedians came. Built a big wig comedian showed up. And he had them come out and do comedy, you know, out near his place. And, like, he paid for a lot of the stuff. He got a lot of people there and everything, you know, because he wanted, and, and like, this small town he lives in, it began to be a boom to their economy because these people were coming in and of course they were needing places to stay, they were needing food to eat and all this other stuff. So in the midst of COVID, he was bringing in all these, all, he was basically bringing in people who had a lot of money to come in and and um, come in and then entertain those people while they were working more to keep up with the people that were coming in because then people were starting to show up in the city to come to these comedy shows that he was having outside. During, during the height of COVID. So he had this documentary that he was wanting to do with that about doing comedy. And, and he was going to have, I believe he's on the full documentary, he's got a lot of the routines and stuff. I don't know if he has all of them, but he has a lot of the routines and stuff like that. And he talked about how after this controversy started that he was denied, he was called in for this film festival, he was gonna just show the film, and then all of a sudden now Hollywood's pretty much saying we don't want to have anything to do with it because of the controversy surrounding him. And so it's just really interesting how that plays out because the thing is, is that people are like, oh, this doesn't hurt Dave Chappelle. And I'm like, actually, apparently it does. Uh, which some would say, oh, that's good, he deserves it. But here's a question I'm gonna ask. This is a question I want you to consider in the conversation. What happens when it's on the people that you support? 
what happens if it's you that become the target of said, you know, things? If all of a sudden you're not the flavor of the month this week and all of a sudden people are coming after you because of something you said. And I just want you to think about that because with a lot of what's going on in our culture today, even not just with this, but with a lot of other things, you know, and I hear people say stuff like, well, it's consequences culture. It's not really cancel culture. It's consequences because if you say certain things, then you should have to deal with the consequences of those things. Yeah, but everybody's not making paying consequences for those things that they're saying because some people are saying a lot of the same stuff, but they're in circles that aren't going against them. So they're allowed to say it. I had a, I remember one time I was talking, I was sitting in a coffee shop. I had my Bible and I was just sitting there and reading it. I think I was meeting a friend for Bible study or something. And this guy comes in, he just sits down in front of me and uh, I'm like, well, hi there. He's like, hi, what are you reading? I was like, I'm reading my Bible and I'm just waiting on a friend to show up. I said, because we're going to have Bible study here in a few minutes. He's like, oh, okay, you're one of those type of people. I was like, what do you mean, one of those type? What are you, what are you talking about? Because, <laughs> of course, there was no introduction. It was all, hi, how are you doing? Nothing. It was just that. And he was like, well, you know, I'm gay. It's like, okay. And? He goes, you must hate me, don't you? I was like, I don't know you, but no, like, like, I don't hate you at all. Like, why would you just assume that I hate you when I don't even know you? Like, hate something that you have to make a decision on, you know? And he was like, well, because I live the way I live. I live my, I, I'm living my best life. I was like, okay, well, I mean, you, you can do that. You can choose to do that. You can choose to continue to do that. I mean, that's, that's up to you, you know? And he didn't know that, you know, I had a gay roommate in college. He didn't know that. You know, there were a lot of things I was going through during that time where I was going to a Southern Baptist University. And, of course, I heard all the crazy rumors. And, you know, everybody was like, oh, Will must be joining. Will must be joining the brigade, you know, because he's got the gay roommate. And it's just like, you know, it's weird how sometimes if you just. It's weird sometimes how if you just don't respond and you just become the fly on the wall and people don't realize you're actually listening how much people will say hurtful things if they don't feel like there's consequence to what they're saying. And so there would be times where they would, I would hear people say things and I would just come back to them. I'd be like, you know, here's the funny thing. Um, what you said isn't true, but if you're really that concerned about it, why don't you just ask me instead of just assuming things? Like if you're really concerned, if you were, if you thought uh, my soul was lost or whatever, that, I had made some damning decision in my life to do something that's contrary to what you feel like or believe. Why wouldn't you come to me as a quote, brother or sister in Christ? Why would you not engage me and see where I was at instead of just making up a bunch of stuff where you didn't know I heard you. And then other people would look at it and be like, yeah, you got a point. I said, no, don't do that now. Cause you didn't say that then. Because I didn't hear one of you say, hey, have you talked to Will about it? Are you sure this is really going on? I didn't hear you say one thing in my defense. Not that I need you to. 
But don't come to my defense when it's called out after the fact like you always had my best interest at heart because you didn't. Or at least you didn't act on it if you did. And what's the old mantra? If you just let something happen and do nothing about it, you're just as guilty as the people that did it. Because if you have the power to do something to change it and you don't do it, then you're going along with the crowd. So... In this conversation, what I'm asking of you is to look at the situation objectively and ask one major question. Why are people so mad? Why are you mad about it? Um, in the anchor link, you have the option to leave a voicemail. It's a short voicemail. I believe it's only about a minute. And that's what I'm asking you to do. I'd like you to leave a voicemail on this particular episode and I'd like to hear your thoughts it's one thing for me to read people's thoughts but I'd like people to hear your voices as well and I'd like you to tell me uh, are you mad at Chappelle for what he said do you feel like what he said was harmful do you feel like what he said was correct you know and, and there are there is that option you know I, I love it when I hear people say well you know there's only one choice on this matter well no there's there's multiple thoughts you know on this because not everybody necessarily agrees that this thing is a thing. You know, there are people that have different opinions and so I would like for you to voice those opinions in the voicemail section. So I thank you for coming on board for this episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. I greatly appreciate you as always. Um, this is a conversation. So let's try to be respectful. That That's, <laughs> that's the other thing. If you don't agree with me, that's fine. But let's dialogue about it. Let's not just yell at each other. I'm not here to start a yelling war. I just like to dialogue a little bit with you. So I hope you'll take me up on that challenge. I hope you'll listen to this episode. You'll leave a voicemail on the anchor link and you will let me know. Uh, also, if you're on Spotify, I will ask a question on Spotify. So if you listen to it on Spotify, there will be an option on the Spotify link to answer a question. And I will have that question on there. It'll probably be something very similar to what I'm asking now, which is what are your thoughts on Dave Chappelle? Did you love him before now? Do you hate him now? You know, have you always had a problem with Dave Chappelle? Has he always been problematic to you? You know, those are things I'm probably gonna ask in the Spotify link. So if you're listening to it there, there's a question for you. I hope you'll get the chance to answer it. So above all else, uh, as always, thank you first of all for listening. And above all else, be blessed, be blessed with somebody guys. Take care.